what i don't think that paris marks or ed or jathan uh as we were saying earlier they would never play a drop of paul giamatti saying chicken nugget no no absolutely uh, not they wouldn't which makes us i think of the circuit of tech podcasts or tech pessimist podcasts uh that our guest has done in the last few days makes us the uh, undisputed champion of uh most unnecessary <laughs> probably yeah, the, worse the most, anyway, the most but- annoying podcast you've been on this week Anyway, please welcome to the show, Paul Giamatti. <laughs> I'm a little worried that they're going to have to one-up you now, and this will just sort of spiral. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're keeping this going That's until every guess, tech probably. podcast is going to become like a sort of morning zoo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, so, if you haven't guessed already by uh, process of elimination, uh, hi, everyone. It's TF. It's Riley Milo and Alice. Uh, and we are joined uh, by Molly White, the lead cha- on-chain Imagineer and improprietress of Web3 is Going Just Great, a um, really, really informative feed of all of the ways in which uh, the crypto world just turns out to be a series of scams but pulled wait, off by the same people. That seems tech optimist. What are you trend. doing on a tech pessimist podcast? <laughs> Yeah, the name, uh, the the sarcasm does not come through very well in URLs, unfortunately. I've had a couple people <laughs> think that it was a genuine attempt at chronicling the, just the wonders of Web3. You need to do those tags people were trying to make on thing on Twitter for a while where it's like slash sarcasm. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, making jokes is ableist. I, I want to I, I say, right, just right off the bat, at the bottom right corner of the blog, Web3 is going just great, there is a little flame icon that's uh, playing on top of uh, a gigantic sum of money. <laughs> Can you tell me what that is? Yes, that's the grift counter, uh, TMTM. Uh, it is the sort of running total of the amount of money that has been lost so far to the hacks and the scams and the rug pulls and all of that. Um, so it's actually a kind of a conservative number. I don't include uh, incidents where people have like accidentally transferred money to like the wrong wallet and it's gone forever. That it's really kind of the malicious amount of money that has been uh, sort of stolen. Uh, and we're we're looking at about nine point two billion right now as of the beginning of twenty twenty one. Nine not nine point two billion that is essentially as gone as if it became a fad for a while to throw banknotes down wells yes which would be cooler yeah you would get statistically more wishes if you just put all of that <laughs> money in quarters in wishing wells at the trevi fountain is like oh i've only got a tenner <laughs> <laughs> well, i only throwing, got throwing fistfuls of 50 pound notes into the trevi fountain demanding you- change from the Chevy. <laughs> come on use it you could use a supreme money gun and just Ooh, take yeah. aim and just like send rack after rack after rack into like a well or a fountain, having like or a, maybe like a big belt-fed uh, like machine gun, supreme money gun, but it's feeding off of those like big racks of notes that you see yeah. in the backs of banks. So also before we but before we get to, um, I want to update on an old friend. I've got a startup, mm-hmm. and then we got an article, classic. Um, I want to just like as as we know, uh, there was recently an article in in the FT. Uh, I screenshotted it because it was very funny. It said, "What are you clout stealing? Will, What's going on here? Will Britain ever be normal again?" No. Uh, 
<laughs> no, uh, Alice, do you want to talk about some uh, developments that have happened in British politics? I, I kind of, on? yeah. So, um, you know how I used to say that there would never be a trans MP in my lifetime, and if I did, it would be way worse than any of us could possibly imagine. It's going to be way worse than any of us can possibly imagine because we have we have our first trans MP, uh, who is Jamie Wallace, who is the uh, the MP for the Conservative MP for Bridgend. The Tory MP is the first trans MP who has been uh, outed sort of against their will after a, uh, a a blackmail and then another assault after that, and has now come out as transgender. And um, it, 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 albeit in a sort of very early stages of like still using he him pronouns, not changing uh, like his name or anything like that. Um, and the response from this has been. The sort of tidal wave of insincerity and hypocrisy um, that I kind of I knew was coming, but much like a literal tidal wave, you don't really get the sense of it until it's bearing down on you. And so um, we've had a sort of a bipartisan consensus here. Uh, we, we've ta- we've had Boris Johnson congratulate uh, Jamie Wallace on on his bravery. Um, the day after making a joke about how Keir Starmer would introduce uh, a speech as uh, to people assigned male at birth and people assigned female at birth, rather than ladies and gentlemen. And on the Labour side, we've had um, we've had West Streeting go on talk radio and go, oh well, I, actually, yes, I I do think that that men have penises and women have vaginas. And, and to be fair Julia to West Streeting, he's only just finished that class in primary school, so <laughs> as far as he knows, that is correct. Yeah. West Streeting, just like a cursed fucking Chucky doll, just clap with with Julia Hartley Brewer just clapping like a trained seal. The day when that he McDonald's yes. stopped delivering to schools was the bleak day in his political career. Um, <laughs> Where's Streeting handing a crude crayon drawing of his mum to Julia Hartley Brewer and her going, very good, Wes. Yes, yeah, him, him going on, um, on on Julia Hartley Brewer's talk radio show to sit down and do the sort of like year three biology boys and girls have different parts. And then... Which for him is advanced. He's only in year yeah. one. Do you remember that? And, and then 15 minutes later to the second... Uh, congratulating, congratulating Jamie Wallace on 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 their bravery, right? So, uh, everybody is insincere. Everyone is terrible. Um, we're now we're now locked into this being the discourse for the next however long. Um, we we have once again gotten the politics that we deserve, and we've gotten the the trans representation of having a Tory MP who voted for all of the same evil Tory shit as every other Tory MP. Uh, now being like fated for bravery by people who are like also being tremendously insulting and transphobic at the same time. And it's once again right, the Tories having the agility that the Labour Party lacks to be like, aha, now we've got like a neoliberal trans MP. This is actually good for us. In the same way that they keep harping on about Thatcher being like the like the first female prime minister. It's like completely disingenuous. Oh, yeah. the, 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 and yet like- the Labour Party is so committed to these like w- winning over these weird freaks who don't like trans people or whatever that despite being the nominally progressive party, they're less able to incorporate trans people because they don't have that same streak of like, Oh, this is fine. That serves our interests. You have a much smaller, like, sort of turning circle, right? When you don't believe in anything, and when you don't have any beliefs other than like uh, the enrichment of you and your friends, then when you stumble upon a new belief, you can adopt it very quickly. Such as uh, th- th- this, this one of my friends is incredibly brave. However, I still have you know very grave concerns about you know this, that, and the other. 
So I, I do genuinely believe that the last transphobe in the UK and the last dedicated marijuana prohibitionist in the UK are both going to be in the Labour Party. Yeah, it's going to be like the last two Jews in Kabul. I, you know? <laughs> I, I want to ask, sort of, I just want to turn to Molly before we go back to the, um, the, the Web3 stuff. What does this all look like from, from the States? I imagine it looks pretty fucking weird. I mean, <laughs> I think we've got our own share of hypocritical politicians over here in the US. So uh, I can't say I was totally shocked to see this happening. Uh, anyway, let's talk about uh, an old friend, yes, an old please. friend of the show. Uh, so Axie Infinity. Now, I actually also want to take this time to note that I'm actually retiring from the show because I have like nine axes. So like I'm set for life. Mm. I have nine axes. I've got like nine people in the development nine world. Nine axes of advance. Um, Axie, Axie yeah. Infinity was like that sort of like pseudo Pokemon Go yeah. game we talked about that was also yes. kind of a job, right? And you collected these axes, right? Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I've got these, and they're basically, there are now people working my axes, making money for me. I'm basically a kind of digital landlord, so I can retire from the podcast. There's nothing that might have happened recently, Molly, that would, say, prevent me from doing this, has there? Molly, why are you touching your ear to that earpiece? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coming in just now. I mean, the, the biggest blocker would be uh, if you wanted to have your uh, grand winnings that people had earned for you uh, in any currency other than the ones used on the Axie game. Uh, you might hit a snag with that, given that the bridge that allows you to take your... Uh, your SLP, your smooth love potions, which is just bizarre, uh, and sort of funnel them into other currencies uh, has just become basically empty uh, thanks to a $625 million hack uh, that happened earlier this week or was discovered several days ago but happened considerably earlier. Yeah. Smooth love potion is what LL Cool J calls us cum. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, very good, would, you, would, you would you characterize this as a sort of an all their apes gone style situation? Yes, or at least all the money that they thought that they could get for their apes is gone. Oh no, so, I needed that for my apes. So one of, the, <laughs> one of the ways this happens, right, is that you'll get a smart contract and it'll say, okay, you put this amount of like ether or wrapped ether in. And then it'll spit out a bunch of tokens on this side chain. So it's like another sort of semi-private blockchain. I, I don't know what any of that yeah. means, nor do I care. <laughs> all, I, all, all I can say is that this doesn't sound that smart if it's that easily suborned. It was so easy. Okay, okay. You know, remember this one thing, right? How it's hard to like hack any of the major blockchains or kind, kind of hard because to like take it over and instruct it to do fraudulent or at least it's hard to take it over and instruct it to do fraudulent transactions because you have to take over like thousands and thousands of computers but it's like if you can do that then you can do whatever so it's like security only in the sheer scale of the number of computers involved axie infinity was like look we're just gonna have nine nodes for this thing that handles like a multi-billion yeah, who, dollar who company. Who would hack nine computers? Not even nine, five. I, you just you would need hack five. five. I would get bored after three, to be honest. I don't <laughs> yeah, know absolutely. how hard it is to hack a computer, but I'm pretty certain I would want to pace myself after yeah. three. I wouldn't do five. No. So, so essentially, right, going back to this, in what turned out to be a very easy hack, they managed to just drain you have to all of the password money. on like five computers. <laughs> I. Mm, because yeah. the password wasn't just password, it had like a four instead of the A, and it had like an exclamation point. Oh at the end, so. shit! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never I, getting I, that. No, never. No, so, 
So, so basically, right, as, as, as I can see, this is not, and, and I sort of go back to Molly here, right? This wasn't like uh, some, some fly-by-night enterprise. This was like all the biggest venture capital funds pour billions into this thing, right? Yeah, it had gotten, uh, it had just done a Series B uh, funding round led by Andreessen Horowitz, and there were several other pretty big name investors that poured some money into it. I think it was around $150 million of capital that they put into it at a $3 billion valuation. <laughs> so they certainly thought the company was worth a lot of money. Although now that they've lost several times the amount of money that was put into the Series B, I wonder if perhaps they're <laughs> reconsidering the the, uh, the decision there. But it, it, What I find so funny, right, is that among the people who are insisting that this is the way forward. Not just people who are scamming investors out of money, right? But people who are also, for example, going up to governments and and sort of suggesting, oh, we can solve some social problem with the blockchain. Look how ubiquitous it is. Look how Hmm. excited people are at this technology. Look how rich everyone are getting. Yeah, Uh. you don't want to miss out. And so all of the... And and so... But these events, like the fact that in order to make this thing work you needed to basically do away with all of the decentralization, but at the same time, not have any of the benefits of a centralized organization. It seems like, I, I was saying this to you earlier, Molly, like, it's just like seeing a bunch of libertarians kind of reverse engineer why institutions are necessary through the process of incredibly catastrophic trial and error. Yeah, extremely expensive trial and error. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of a common issue is that people come into this in sort of the wrong way around, you know, where they say, oh, I've got this blockchain. And so now I need to find something to do with it. And so they sort of try to find, you know, applications that they can sort of slap a blockchain on to attract all the venture capitalists. But they're often not particularly well suited to a blockchain, you know, like. With the problem with Axie Infinity is any video game usually needs to do kind of a lot of transfers pretty quickly. You know, there's a lot of logic involved in a video game. And so there's a lot of transactions that have to happen. But if you're operating on Ethereum, each transaction is very expensive and very slow. And so they basically said, well, we can't do that. We'll need to do something different so that it's faster and cheaper. And so they made their own special little side chain that's not decentralized at all, but still sort of can hand wave at being decentralized because it's not just one server or a group of servers all controlled by the company. And that's where they really shot themselves into the in the foot because it's more vulnerable than your you know average uh, standard database that is, you know, we've known how to secure them pretty effectively for, you know, decades now. Uh, But it is also, you know, trying to accomplish all these things that are not actually useful for the game. Mm -hmm. But useful for investors and people who want to be digital landlords, essentially. Yes, absolutely. It is it is just just to see it's almost like a fractal of just projects blooming and exploding like um like if if you had Colonia Dignidad, but it was in a country that was all other Colonia Dignidads, each with like little tiny differences from e- was was uh, Colonia beyond. Dignidad primarily known for fiscal insolvency and like insecurity. I, I think it, I, I more think of it as a kind of libertarian intentional community that I ran up against I, I, all I just of like, those ideas. I just like the idea of you being like, uh, you know the thing about Colonia Dignidad, very insecure password mm. choices. Yeah, that's the big that's issue. Okay. They, on, they only had five computers. Yeah. Um, Fortunately, I've bought, well, I've bought the collection of NFTs, Colonia Dignidadies. 
Uh, so speaking of NFTs, there was one. It's not even in the notes. It's something that I just I just saw you you post about like just before coming on, uh, Molly. Is that um, it? Also, is like the number of people involved in this world is so small that uh, you said the the identity of one guy who's the subject of a Department of Justice probe about one big heist. I was revealed to be subject of a probe. Was revealed you wouldn't was revealed to be was revealed to be the same guy who did the same thing for another set of barely differentiable uh, JPEGs. Yes, and there are several entries on the website where it's the same thing. It's you know just one person repeats the same scam several times, which is really easy when you can just be a JPEG of a monkey online and you don't have to tell anyone who you are, and people will just throw money at you for some reason. Um, awesome. Yeah, pretty sweet Look, actually. I recall some time ago Alice making a joke about how like being being a British policeman in a regional town is just constantly arresting the same four guys <laughs> for the same five yeah, things and absolutely. then hassling another four guys who you're trying to move into the first category. Yeah. And like the crypto market is basically the same thing where it's just like the same four guys constantly doing the same three scams to the same this other is, eleven this is guys. Why distributed finance has to be regulated by Surrey police. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Now uh, right. you, you yourself were selling an ape, is that correct, to the gentleman? <laughs> oh my. Uh, so, I've got a, uh, it's not really a startup, it's a Web3 project, but I've got it, and boy is it going to infuriate Milo specifically. Oh, okay, great. Um, I'd love I, to take psychic damage. I know that because I've already spoken with Molly about it, and I spoke with Alice about it earlier. That's right. Oh, okay. So Milo, you are uh, the odd man out. I'm um, off on the way. Yeah, what's mm. it feel like to be it? To be excluded? I hate that. <laughs> it's going to have a lasting effect on me, I'll tell you that. Are you triggered? Yeah. Are you owned right now? Yeah, I'm so, deeply triggered. I should go on trigonometry. So, Milo, mm. I- I'm not going to ask these two because they okay. already know. Yeah. What do you think MakerDAO is? Remembering, DAO is Distributed Autonomous Organization. Oh, so it's not by Peter Dow. That'd be much more fun. It makes that or joke every Lila time Dow comes up. And it's the only joke you can make about those. It, it was what DAO? Sorry, repeat that for me. Uh, Maker DAO. It's nothing to do with making anything. Well, of course not. Of course not. Maker DAO. I hardly know her. Anyway, uh, thank you, thank you, um, thank you. Nineteen seventies Milo. Seventies Milo is exactly the same with a much larger moustache. That's right, and worse views. Um, what? So it has nothing to do with making anything. Well, it's issuing something called the world's first unbiased currency. Okay, so it, it's it's a cryptocurrency. Oh yeah. Right, um, and uh, it's unbiased. Uh huh. Unbiased. Okay. Um, is it? Is it like a coin that's somehow like pegged to like online content? Sort of. Actually, yes. Because <laughs> it's like for the makers, well, like the creators' well, coin. It, okay. You know what? I'm I'm afraid you came too close. It's a coin. Yeah. It is pegged to purely online content. No, it's a stable mm. coin, so it maintains a value of one US dollar. Okay, yeah. But you know how, like, there's other stable coins like Tether. They were like, no, we maintain a value of US dollars because we have this big box of, like, you know, crisp packets and receipts Gold, and chewed gum. Yeah. Stable yeah. coin maintains the value of one horse yeah, that's right. because we have a horse <laughs> for every single coin. Uh, that would be more useful. No, mm. so it's a stable coin. It's called an algorithmic stable coin. And so it's a stablecoin oh, that like maintains that. its value based on the value of other cryptocurrencies through which it maintains which a dollar peg. Wi- wildly. Yeah. So it's right, constantly yeah. there is uh, essentially there is a without going into too much detail there is a smart contract that's constantly 
buying their coin, DAI, D-A-I, and buying, buying or selling that coin or minting that coin, or um, uh, if, if, or you constantly buying or selling Ethereum to try to keep the value of their stable coin stable against Ethereum so it's worth $1, basically. That's completely insane. Well... It's like that's, they're doing Russian central bank shit for a fucking cryptocurrency. Yeah, you're, li- you're linking two awesome. things that you can't link with no plausible means of linking them anyway. That's it's like saying I'm gonna I'm gonna like continue my garden fence past this post to the moon. Like y- y- how uh, yeah. wouldn't this wouldn't this require huge amounts of capital to like uh, manipulate the market in that way? Yes. Okay, cool, great. Question two, do they have large amounts of capital? Well, they have a large count, like, uh, large amounts of what Marx might call fictitious capital. Uh, y- yes or no, please, for, uh, witness. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. They are probably the biggest stable coin other than Tether and US dollar coin. They're one of the big ones. I will say this is the first time I've heard someone say die out loud. I've only ever read it before. That, that doesn't grow great when you have to yeah, actually die speak coin. it. Yeah. <laughs> Die coin, it's the first Welsh cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah. I was What's thinking it? like Bond villain currency yeah. here. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, Mr. Bond. They say die is a stable decentralized uh, currency that does not discriminate. Any. Ad- <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! And we're not racist. Ah! ah mm, yeah, that made, my, that made my bowels hurt. Okay. Any, let's, mm. any individual or business can realize the advantages of digital money called die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. So basically, what that means is. It's uh, and and I'm there's gonna be a turn that comes in about five minutes or so that's gonna this is the thing that's gonna give Milo his relaxation vein in the front of his forehead. Oh, lovely stuff! You can always tell oh, when he's relaxed. Vein. Yeah, yeah. Mm. The, the the cool relaxing vein. Mm. Um, comfort so, vein. Basically, comfort right. vein. Right. So remember, right? It's a it's a stable coin that based on the value of Ethereum will constantly buy and sell Ethereum or burn its own tokens to maintain a value of one dollar. And there's uh-huh. enough, and how it works is it's mainly like a, a like a bank lending, so uh-huh. against collateral. So you take any uh, asset that's on the Ethereum blockchain, and there's a proposal to let you use apes as collateral. Apes, so yeah, I'm get dirty apes. So, so you my can, apes repoed. <laughs> yeah, mm. so you could lock your ape in a smart contract, and it might get liquidated if its value drops too low. Um, so uh-huh. basically, right? So you have you lock that away, and then you get issued die. And then you can use your die for whatever. You can stake it. You can buy stuff with it. You can't buy stuff with it because no one actually uses DeFi. But you can like you have it mm. basically, and then you can be, hey, I've got this. You, buy uh, you have to, of it. course, you have to, of course, put up more in collateral than you get in die because the only collateral they accept is so volatile. Cool. <laughs> so you got to awesome, put up one hundred and ten dollars yeah. to get a hundred. This is good. That, that, this is one of those tech things that's like, oh, we're going to solve the the massive problem when the thing starts working, so long as it survives the massive problem, right? Like, y- your collateral yeah. is going to be more plausible the longer this runs on. However, it's totally implausible now, and this will stop mm. anyone from using it. It's also so funny that they they want it to be worth one dollar. And they could achieve this by just making everyone put in a hundred dollars to get a hundred die in actual dollars, and then that would just work. Well, they did that with Tether, yeah. right? And they were like, "Well, we don't want to just put in the number of dollars and then issue yeah. that number of Tether. We want to just issue Tether." Except, but the thing is that Tether actually aren't doing that because, as we know, most of what's in Tether is uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So right, they just remember this, right? It's a way to basically get loans against collateral, uh, and they automatically buy and sell and burn to keep it at one. Uh, one one value, right? So they say you can generate or borrow die by opening a contract and exchanging 
that for the die, which you and then you they hold uh, no the collateral. Thanks, I've uh, yeah. no time to die. Yeah, thank you. Very and good. so and then you know that's basically it, right? So what I think is very funny though is that on their on their coin offering sheet they say, okay, well, what are the risks? Right? They say, all right, say, <laughs> there's none. Don't worry about no it. No risks sport. here. Because remember, yeah. it's it's a stable coin that's like it's always worth one dollar, but only just so long as, for example, Ethereum stays worth as much as it's worth, or thereabouts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> roughly. I mean, the value of that doesn't change. So it, it, they've they've I've, like I've built my house on the most stable material of all, sand. It's uh, it's a component yeah. of concrete. So like, yeah. I'm I'm feeling pretty confident mm. about Look, this. In the Ozymandias poem, what's gotten fucked up? The stone statue. What's still cool? The sand and trackless waste. We, exactly. we see it differently. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So um, let's say this is from their uh, from their 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 prospectus. Uh, pricing errors, irrationality, and unforeseen events. A number of unforeseen events could potentially occur. <laughs> such okay. as a problem with the price fee or irrational market dynamics that cause inflation the value of die, or if confidence is lost in the system. The market dilution could reach such levels that liquidity doesn't bring stabilization to the market. It sounds like they're say, foreseeing those events to <laughs> me. And what that means, right, is that they're basically saying this is a kind of unregulated, almost bank that seems to rest largely, who issues a special dollar that they invented that's based on entirely on the worth of another special dollar that someone else invented, and everyone's mm. staying really, really stoked about those two it's things like a, it's more like or less a, forever. It's like a gas leak in the Federal Reserve. Like... We're, we're trying to become a central bank, mm-hmm. having, mm-hmm. I guess, found out the hard way why things want a central bank, but the way in which we're going about it is uh, extremely stupid. Well, obviously, if something unforeseen were to happen, like our absolutely ideal set of financial circumstances not persisting infinitely, then I guess something might go wrong. And I do love <laughs> how I mean, these, come on. these different projects are sort of cascading, uh, sort of... It's like each one is built on hopes and dreams, and then they build a new project that's based on even more hopes and dreams, but really depends on that first one, you know, continuing to exist. Yeah. Mm. Well, I've built my house of cards on sand. Yes, exactly. Fuck. Collateralized that's the dream worst obligation. place I could build that. And it's the <laughs> uh, worst thing I could build there. Mm. It's a, remember the the th- main th- because there's very little depth to the to the cryptocurrency market at all, right? They say, oh, Ethereum, its market capitalization is you know however many billions or whatever. Or the cryptocurrency market capitalization is like however many trillions. You absolutely could not sell five percent of it without the market crashing, a hundred percent. And so the the idea that like because because there's very few people actually engaging in this stuff, they're just engaging with it back and forth to one another to make the numbers big. Um, and so like when you think about this, right? Who actually? Like, I actually did some research on this. Who actually uses distri- uh, decentralized finance? Uh, the l- numbers I was getting right was that in one quarter in 2020, like just under 80,000 unique addresses interacted with um, a- an Ethereum DeFi protocol, or like, and then a more recent estimate uh, that's like from like a pro crypto research firm says as many as four million people use DeFi, which is like. Considering the claims that they're making, that like, oh, we've invented a central bank for four million people. It's- fucking ludicrous yeah and it's all fake numbers there's no you know the the like trying to estimate how many people are actually represented by some number of wallets is is largely impossible you know people intentionally set set up multiple wallets to try to keep their identities separate and so those numbers are really they can kind of just say any number and you can't really disprove it because nobody really knows that's the oh, whole... I've got a business idea. Uh, is crypto, it where you say a number? Crypto wallet chains. 
<laughs> I'll sell you for like several Ethereum. I'll sell you like an NFT of a chain that attaches to your crypto wallet, oh. as though oh, you're that's like so a, punk. Yeah, but like a like a a hip hop so punk I've, guy from the. I, so, know. so so if if crypto has four million users, which it doesn't, but if it does, right, then essentially this is like Croatia. DeFi. If, if DeFi if DeFi has four million users, this is like um like. If we've invented a new thing called the Croatian Central Bank, uh, and it's yeah, gonna, cool. it's gonna it's gonna trade in dollars in order to like um, try and like peg the Croatian currency to this. However, the Croatian currency is predominantly used to buy and sell pictures of apes. Yeah, which is actually predominantly what the Croatian kuna is used for. Um, the, the one thing, right, is the uh, the other even like four million people using DeFi is a high estimate because most DeFi protocols, like most of the actual activities Don't and tokens worry, that I, are being I, traded, I have a list of countries by population here. I will oh, cool. tailor this joke to however many the number turns out but to be. I mean, uh, Molly, I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but it seems most of the projects are just infrastructure for other projects none of them seem to have an end application yes and yeah i think i think what you're sort of pointing at is is if you actually look at the number of transactions that are happening on these blockchains uh and it, it varies somewhat by blockchain but typically the overwhelming number of them are not doing anything useful you know it's not actually someone sending money to another person in exchange for goods or services or, or whatever it might be even if that good or service is an ape a lot of it is uh, just exchanges, sort of passing money around between their own wallets or, you know, all these different things that are just not actually useful work. And, you know, especially when you look at how much energy is required to do those barely useless transactions, it's kind of infuriating. <laughs> the population of Croatia has been burning massive coal furnaces in each of their backyards in order to uh, move money around in between different ape wallets. It's like gotcha. yeah, it's like one person doing. putting their dollars from one pocket into another pocket. Like it's not beneficial to anybody. My my coal powered pocket switching. Yes, machine. exactly. <laughs> like, Alice, you well, know how this. else am I going to get stuff from one pocket to the well, other? You, know you got the, a better idea. You know the machine that turns itself off. Off, right? Yeah, I love that machine. Yeah. It's one of my what favorite machines. That, what if that was coal powered? <laughs> oh, then it'd be a great Australian invention. <laughs> yeah, a machine that fucks off. Well, <laughs> the machine that machine into the parliament off. here. So, okay, okay. So but here's the, thing. Device. here's the thing, right? Um, the the other thing, right, is that we got this. We have so remember, we have this coin. This thing that is allegedly worth Riley, billions of Riley, dollars. Riley, Riley, yeah. Riley, yes. I'm very stupid. Explain this to me in terms of Croatia, please. Okay, we have the Croatian, the Croatian coin. Um, gotcha. Coin. It's circulating, but it's ba it's it's pegged to the U.S. dollar through a third uh, wildly fluctuating. Um, Wildly fluctuating uh, commodity. Oh, in relation to the Russian ruble. Like, okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it buys or sells Russian rubles in order to peg itself at one US dollar. Yeah, essentially, yes, but somehow mm. less useful. Oh, okay. Um, imagine if the Russian ruble was somehow less green. Um, ah. Anyway, I mean, they're working very hard to make it less green every day. <laughs> so that's right. So here's the thing, right? That's and and that this this only really works if people keep pouring money into that third thing and the price stays stable. Now I'd say, look, 
this is stupid, but it's just idiots that are going to lose that are going to you know lose money on this when it all you know yeah like fucks all, up. like like all of our bullshit like since we moved from startups like the machine that kills hotels or whatever into Web three all of this Web three shit it only seems to take people uh, for a ride who are already throwing their money down wells who are already like dual wielding the supreme money gun into a big furnace. Well, oh no. I would hate it if this kind of currency was, say, for example, plugged directly into an organization that is, for example, insured by some kind of a, I don't know, federal deposit insurance organization, right? Oh, no. No, 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 I see exactly where this is going. That they got to a fucking, like, a, like a, much like a crew of armed robbers, they hit a small town bank. Yes, exactly. Oh, yes. We are currently we are about to do a kind of um I guess you could say a crypto version of the first heist in the movie Heat. <laughs> okay, wait. So the um so the the Croatian cryptocurrency guys what they're doing is they're they're rolling old sea mines down the hill at a Serbian bank. So basically okay. <laughs> So an application has been made, uh, originated by Huntingdon Valley Bank. Oh, oh, oh geez, Juice. Oh. Uh, oh, wait, I bank there. Nothing bad <laughs> happened to the Huntingdon Valley Bank, oh, right? Oh, no, not yet. All my money is in the Huntingdon Valley <laughs> Bank. Um, and I, All my apes. I think it's in, it's in Philadelphia, right? Uh, but the, of course the appli- it fucking is. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's a suburban a Philadelphia and bank. and suburban mailing address located in Philadelphia, County, Pennsylvania. So a hundred. It's 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 got five hundred million in assets, so it's a small bank. Um, and basically, what they want to do is, and this is going to be really really stupid, but the payoff is very simple. Is they want to be able to remember how I said right? Is the way you get da uh, da die is that you put something in like their vault, their smart contract, and it spits out die for you, right? The bank has said, "Hey, I have an idea. What if we set up a trust in Delaware?" And then we put a bunch of our loans that we've made to various small town construction firms or people or whatever in that trust in Delaware. And that trust in Delaware is controlled by the MakerDAO Distributed Autonomous Organization. And then they spit out die for us. Now, small banks do this all the time because you need to have certain kinds of diversification. It's even, I think, part of the plot of like a John Grisham novel. Like It's a great seed of corruption in American public life that you have to diversify a bank's collateral. And, and so they go looking for someone to do it because all of these banks are always fighting all of these other banks to try and like not give away too much of their own shit to their own competitors. And so it leads them into all of these corrupt practices. But this, this is a, a new height of danger. <laughs> well, this is, uh, as, as, I, as, as you say, right, it's, it's worse than a crime. It's a bungle um, where, uh, yeah, so they, they, right, so that's what happens, right? They take a bunch of loans to diversify themselves, right? They stick them in this, um, in this trust. The trust spits out die. The bank takes the die. They convert it for dollars. They put it in their own accounts, and they issue more loans than they would otherwise have been able to issue based on how many dollars they hold. Which is which is great until Ethereum collapses, and then the bank also has to like it has to call in all of the loans that they have in the first place on on the fucking like small construction business or whatever else, whatever whatever other fucking economic activity is happening in. Bucks County, Pennsylvania, that requires a bank loan. That's just going to be fucking gone at the hands of crypto for some reason. It's the, the way I see it, right, is a tendril has poked through the veil to real space 
and has latched itself onto the global economy like through this tiny oh bank God. and has now just like put a sword of Damocles I'm over sorry. every mid-sized I, construction I, company in this town. Molly, I am I understanding this correctly? Has 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 our fearless leader like explained this to me like well enough? Is this what's happening? Unfortunately, I think he's explained it pretty well. Um, oh no! And I think there's a little bit of irony here, just in that so much of the sort of crypto ethos came out of the 2008, you know, subprime mortgage crisis. That like that's sort of where Bitcoin even came from, right? And so now we've come up with like even riskier, you know, m- more House of Cards uh, schemes based on crypto that are sort of threatening the traditional finance market, which so- is. So I had it backwards after all. It's not that your ape gets foreclosed, it's that you are foreclosed on by the ape. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like just imagine the movie Adam McKay's gonna make in eight years. <laughs> God damn. Awesome. So I bet now you're wondering, what the fuck is an ape? <laughs> we we, we have to we have to hope. Anyway, like, here's an actress who's currently underage, but won't be then to really explain. <laughs> I, I we, we just have to hope that Ethereum like collapses in time that it it like impoverishes a bunch of people in Pennsylvania before this can like happen to more banks, and we end we end up doing the fucking uh, the the subprime mortgage crisis again with apes. Yeah. Enter Matt Hancock. If only. Mm. Well, it's just like it's like if you think about this, you know the the oh, I, have, I, have, I have a way of bad. thinking about this. My way of thinking about this is that now that we have this uh, like purported central bank, now that we have all of these other instruments of financial regulation that have finally been invented by libertarians who have learnt the hard way. Um, I, I, I just know in my heart that the way this is going to be presented is like, oh, uh, this is new finance meets like trad finance, and they're working together to become stronger than ever. I don't think that's what this is. I think this is a bunch of like DeFi guys who crave the legitimacy and the safety net that is offered to trad finance and are prepared to incinerate as many people's homes and businesses as they can to get it. And I think they want to get into as many banks like this as possible in this manner so that when Ethereum or whatever else does inevitably collapse, it's it's too big to fail. That's what I think is going to happen, or what I think is they want to happen. Yeah, and I actually think it's not that different from what a lot of uh, these organizations have already been doing, which is basing the value of their currency off of very risky financial instruments. Like, if you look at what Tether is actually quote unquote backed by, you know, it's not a big pile of US dollars sitting in a bank account somewhere. It's like very volatile commercial paper, a lot of which has links to, you know, Chinese real estate, which is currently sort of going up in flames. Um, so I think sort of the 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 risky uh you know, financial instruments that are being consumed from the traditional finance system in order to sort of prop up these crypto projects is is actually a lot more common than we might think it is. Oh, good. Yeah, it's really, it's it's really sort of. Hold I, on, I'm, go, I'm, go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like yeah. use like an inhaler. I'm gonna hit myself with the Giamatti to make myself feel better. Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. Oh, yeah. Oh, if, only, yeah. if only Tether was backed by chicken nuggets, yeah. just the US dollar equivalent of chicken yeah, number of chicken coin. nuggets. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, it, oh no, you've lazed it now. <laughs> that's gonna be a thing. I'm so, sure that I, I exists. Think, like, <laughs> I, almost yeah. certainly it does because they all like Rick and Morty, right? So, <laughs> and you've just pumped uh, the coin yes. by mentioning it on a podcast. 
Oh, Thanks for contributing to the financial crisis of 2024, Alice. Yeah, Jeez. you're welcome. I, I love to be the reason oh, why I'll oh, never I own a know, house. Rick. So, I didn't know there was going to be a financial crisis. Uh, so I think, right, uh, just sort of bringing this sort of uh, segment uh, round to a close, it is really bizarre, right? Because the last financial crisis, 2008, was caused largely in out of public view where all of the risks yeah, were Kevin apparent. Kevin Spacey yeah. did it in that yeah, one mostly, room. Yeah. But they were out of public view, and it was mostly the risks were apparent to people who were in the know and sort of were in on the grift together, but it was kept secret. Kevin Spacey, the guys Kevin Spacey was yelling yeah. at. I, I, I'm not going to get into the fact yeah. that so much Paul of Bettany. my knowledge of the of the financial crisis is from the movie The Big Short, but most uh, of Martin, it is. Like, Margin Call is the one you're talking about. Excuse me, yeah. Uh, both great movies. Uh, but like in this case, it's so weird, right? It's so weird and enervating to just see all of it happening in front of you and in the open and being like, I can do about as much about it. The movie Margin Call, but it's 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 the Margin Call 2 and fucking Kevin Spacey's <laughs> burying an ape in his wife's yard at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's, it's Margin Call, but all of the events mm. in the boardroom are happening on the fucking Jumbotron at, like, uh, at, at, at uh, Madison Square Garden. And they're happening with, with, within the hearing of um, uh, us, podcasts, idiots. Yeah. So, yeah. I, 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 hearable. I want to move on, oh, right? No. Because- uh, You want to move on from, from the machine that kills small construction businesses? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't want to move on from it because, because the reason why okay, I don't want to move on from it is because we know for a fact that- Guys who had previously been small business tyrants, who had previously owned the kinds of things, the kind of businesses that are propped up by these uh, these bank loans, whether that's like uh, you know laying concrete, dealing jet skis, franchising fast food restaurants, whatever. When they lose everything, one thing that we learned in the two thousand two thousand eight financial crisis is when those guys lose everything, uh, they take to doing extremely cockamamie scams to try and get the good life back. They go and try and, like, dig up duffel bags full of cocaine that they'd heard were buried somewhere. Uh, they get chased by fish and wildlife cops. And so this is going to be a huge boost for the guy economy. We're going to oh, we're gonna yeah. get some great guys out of this. Oh, no, like, definitely nine different kinds, like, nine different uh, Republican Congress people of a political tendency we haven't even heard about yet oh, are yeah. being created right now in the Delaware mm. Trust between MakerDAO and <laughs> HVB. Incredible things are happening in Delaware. Tremendous um, things. <laughs> that's true. So, uh, I, 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 do, I, I would, however, like to move on to the final segment. Uh, which is final segment, which is, uh, you know, uh, Molly, you and some uh, some friends and compatriots recently uh, reviewed, let's say, uh, an article in the uh, lying, failing New York Times uh, by Kevin Roos, uh, a uh, allegedly tech critical journalist offering a, hey, you, you know what you need to know about crypto? I'm going to give you the the unbiased inside scoop. Yes. Yes. Um <laughs> Uh, kind of an interesting, I wouldn't say tech critical, but definitely uh, allegedly a tech journalist and uh, has recently made sort of the pivot into crypto uh, with 
several pretty incredible articles uh, that have served to pump the prices of various crypto projects, much like uh, you just pumped the price of Nugcoin. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm so mad about Nugcoin, because I know it's going to become real if it's not real now. <laughs> this is insider trading. I have loads of money in Nugcoin. Yes, every, yeah. You're, you're making your purchases right now. Yeah. Remember, it's not illegal. <laughs> it's not illegal. It's not illegal for this guy to be heavily invested mm. in anything he's pumping. And even if it were illegal, there'd be no way to fucking prove it. Nugcoin serves as a utility coin for the Nugnet platform. Fuck um, you. That Fuck brings you. together Fuck cannabis you. growers and dispensaries yep. and interact. I'm, I'm going to shoot the you coin with a gun pumping, in pumping. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> by, the by this time, we will have Nugcoin and Nugnet with a broad network hate, of growers I and dispensaries. I, I hate you yeah. so much, dude. I, Met Metaverse and NugFTs. Gonna, we are I'm more than ready for the negaverse. We are moving forward in the development of a P2E cannabis growing game in Decentraland. And if you are the owner of the original NugFT strain, you'll be able to harvest that strain as NugFT. All strains within the metaverse will be available as commons, while NugFTs will be considered first editions. In-game merchandise will also I'm, be available I'm, I'm gonna, for Nugcoin. I'm, I'm gonna get a sniper rifle. <sighs> uh huh. What are you gonna I, do with it? I'm gonna shoot you with it to death. Are they really? Is it real marijuana that they're harvesting, or is it metaverse conceptual um, marijuana? Yeah. It appears. Well, it, it's 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 one of these things where it's like, oh, if you hold the Nug FT, then you get invited to like. Events, so it's like being in like an email so chain. No, but also, you no physical nugs to be found. Uh, well, that would depend on somebody. I think giving you a nug. No, this is purely a picture of some weed. Okay, great for the metaverse. So you can, so you can have to remember when you go to work in the metaverse wearing your Iron Man suit, not to bring your picture of weed with you. Yeah. Oh yeah, love a picture of. Yeah, weed. Yeah, you can't smoke yeah. your uh, ten sheets. your weed NFT before you go to your uh, metaverse job, or you <laughs> might get fired. <laughs> oh, I hate the future. It's amazing how they've managed to make being a weed guy more lame. Yeah, like I didn't uncool. think being a no. weed guy could be more lame. So, but. So, you, you've you've you and some friends have written a, a a a scathing takedown, you might say, of this article by Kevin Roos, and it's one that I think is worth going through because it's I think. How, if you read tech journalism, it's how most normal people just think about crypto now, because it's sort of the summary of most common sense opinions that are propagated by places like the New York Times or sort of other like other places covering it for a mass audience. Um, so I'm going to read from this article, and we are uh, going to talk about what Kevin Roos says. Yeah, you're, you're going to talk about. It. I'm going to sit here seething about Nugcoin. Uh, yeah, well, Alice plots to uh, murder me with a gun. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> to kill me until I die with a gun. I have to get a metaverse <laughs> gun to kill him in the metaverse. <laughs> That's all right. You die in the metaverse, you die in real life. Uh, no, I, I, I'm going to assassinate Riley's metaverse avatar. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, until fairly recently, if you lived anywhere other than San Francisco, it was possible to go days or even weeks without hearing about cryptocurrency. And no, the good old days. Wish. We remember that. Time. I wish. Assuming you, of course, had no internet connection. Yeah, of course. Mm. Uh, people wouldn't shut the fuck up about this since 2013. Wait, can I just unplug that? Yeah. Not you can just do now? that. You don't even no. have to work. Yeah. That would really get in the way of us finishing the show. But oh, later. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, now, suddenly, it's inescapable. Again, Kevin, why? Why is it inescapable? 
because of tech journalists like Kevin. <laughs> yeah, because of you. Yeah, just because of the sacrifices I've made to Baphomet. Now it's inescapable. <laughs> Look one way, and and there are Matt Damon and Larry David doing ads for crypto. I mean, I, I I feel a little touch of sympathy here because it is inescapable to the point that if you make a joke about a cryptocurrency that you thought would have a funny name based on a line of, in a movie from two thousand and seven on a different podcast, that's real. It turns out. Mm. Now, however, the meaning of nug is different in nug coin because it's a weed nug, not I a chicken care. nugget. There's yeah. probably a nug Fine. coin on some other chain that represents metaverse chicken nuggets. <laughs> Can I interest you in one of Pepsi's new mic drop NFTs or maybe something from the Applebee's metaverse meals NFT collection inspired by the restaurant chain's iconic menu items? You're bothering to go into the virtual realm so that you can go to an Applebee's? You can, that's a cheap restaurant. You can just go there in real life. What if you're in Britain? Yeah, no, you make a good point there. Yeah. You could go to an equivalent the, the, restaurant. The, the you British, go to TGI Fridays. The British person's fondest dream is to go to an Applebee's. You could go to a little chef. <laughs> there you go. They should, they should do proper British metaverse. Have a metaverse little chef. That's what I think. Yeah, I'm in the metaverse with NFT. Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. This is an, another funny one uh, that I sort of want to especially draw your attention to, Molly, as well. Today, the crypto market is valued at $1.75 trillion. Sure is, that is sure a real number. You could realize that valuation right away like that, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no source cited for that, by the way. So we just had to sort of guess where maybe he pulled that number from, um, which I think is actually just the ticker at the top of the coinmarketcap.com website. Like that. Every time I found, like, I googled the number one point seven five trillion, it was just other websites directly citing coin market cap. So, uh, some questions there on the research quality. Well, you know that that's a good valuation because they did the valuation of themselves, and who would know more about how much the stuff was worth than the people who made it? And, and also, sense. if your thing has no value other than just to trade for other things, which are only getting valued at how much money of the you know real money someone's willing to dump into this thing then that's totally a real and legitimate number and if you should get in you know before it goes to 2 or 3 uh, legally it's not investment advice um so as it's gone mainstream again kevin i wonder why crypto has an unusually polarized discourse its biggest fans think it's saving the world while its biggest skeptics are convinced it's all a scam an environment killing yeah, speculative right. bubble that's some just classic like new york times neutrality there Absolutely. Yeah, this well, well, this one side says it's saving the world, this other side says it's all a scam, but we're going to get to the bottom of this one, yellow cake situation. Yeah. One person says Pol Pot's a genocidal maniac, the other person says he's a much misunderstood man. <laughs> Who's to say? No one can say if it's good or not. It's just very polarized. Mm. You know, one of the things about what happens when one group of people are right and another group of people are wrong is that there's a great deal of polarization between them. Uh, say. Its biggest fans think it's saving the world, while its biggest skeptics are convinced it's an environment-killing speculative bubble orchestrated by grifters and sold to greedy dupes, which will probably crash the economy when it bursts. Does anyone remember what we were talking about 15 minutes ago? No. Mm. N- it's, n- cool. Coin, it's cool how he's doing, it might be in the New York Times, but he's doing the spectator thing, 
of including a paragraph which is like obviously true to then go, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> on to my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I've been writing about crypto for nearly a decade. Really? And you still write like this? You still say this? You've been writing for a decade and you haven't like contended with a stable coin, for example? Yeah. I've mostly just... been con- like recycling the same article. Yeah. No, it's, it's the best. It's the best own on people who disagree with you, which is to repeat a very well thought through and accurate criticism of the thing you're writing about in a silly voice. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking listen to the Clout Court Twitter account. Yeah. Oh, it's destroying the environment, and none of the coins have any inherent value, and most of it's just people shuffling their own money around to make the number go big. Blah blah blah. <laughs> have you yeah. ever considered that it's cool? I agree with the skeptics that as much as the crypto market consists of overvalued, overhyped, and possibly fraudulent assets, and I'm also unmoved by the utopian sentiments uh, shared by cro- cr- pro crypto zealots. But as I've experimented more with crypto, including, and this is the biggest fucking line in the entire thing, including accidentally selling an NFT for more than half a million dollars at a charity auction last year, I've come to accept that it's not all a cynical money grab. Yeah, uh, uh, more than a few people said accidentally what? Like, that's just such a casually, you know, he just casually drops that into the article. And it's such a bizarre... I don't know why the Times decided to allow him to do that. It is completely against basically any reputable publication's uh, ethical uh, requirements. But Kevin Roos has a very rosy view of crypto, and I suspect some of it comes from that accidental $500,000 sale he made a year ago. Yeah, no. Now... As you, it looks like a cynical money grab, environmental catastrophe that that none of its stated aims are possibly achievable. But once it sort of made me a life changing amount of money, I've come to accept that maybe something of substance is actually being yeah, built. I, I, like, I, for I, example, we'll this extension to my house. Yes. Yeah, I, I, f- I felt really moved into a bigger house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how I learned to stop worrying and love the ape. Yeah, so. My Let's position has evolved from an say, apartment into a two-bedroom. In Kevin Roos's defense, the money did go to charity. However, Kevin Roos has also notably started campaigning for journalists to be allowed to hold crypto. Yeah, because he was like, oh, if I could just, if I could, if I could hit. Well, you know what, because he basically, like, put, he was at a charity casino, put, like, a stack of 40 chips on, like, 23, right? And it hit. And he was like, I just, journalists should be allowed to play roulette, yes. okay? <laughs> he says, so let's look at some of the claims that he makes. So he says, look, crypto wealth and ideology is going to be a transformative force in our society in the coming years. Uh, well, uh, he's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Molly, well, how do you assess that claim? Uh, I mean, he's not wrong. It has transformed several things in pretty terrible ways already. So I, I can't disagree too hard with that. But uh, he he does just sort of take that on faith that it's going to have this enormous, uh, you know, transformative effect on society, you know, with the implication that that will be positive, which is kind of a strange thing to say in an article that purports to be very neutral. Yeah, well, it's the implication seems to be that people are going to, I think, interact with it voluntarily to their benefit in ways that they couldn't possibly imagine. That's the heavy implication, as opposed to, say, interacting with it involuntarily not to their benefit, like if, for example, it's 2025, and you've taken out a loan at Huntington Valley Bank. Hmm. Um, so, uh, that, uh, legally, that is not uh, investment advice by Huntington Valley Bank. That is, the scheme could Le- actually legally, work very well. Uh, legally, uh, yeah, we're not telling you to take all of your money out of that bank. 
It is not the position of Trash Digital Podcast that you should take out a lot of money from Value Bank and subscribe to the Patreon at the highest tier. We're not saying that. Uh, the crypto boom has generated vast new fortunes at a clip we've never seen before. The closest comparison is probably the discovery of oil in the Middle East and no, has turned its biggest no, winners what? into some of the no. richest people in the world. No, that's not comparable. We're not gonna. There's not gonna be a fucking crypto state. Uh, like as, as much as Naive Berkeley might want it to be. No, no, that's they're not gonna to, happen. They're having to like stabilize the value of their petro apes because they keep climbing too much. The reason why you can have a petro state is because because petroleum products are useful for other things. Can you imagine how cursed the crypto UAE would be? Uh, I think we're They're already going there. They're trying to do that. They're trying yeah. to do yeah. that. All of these petro states that are now like, oh shit, shit, shit. We're gonna do. We got to do something about this uh, because the, you know we're, we're, we've probably already hit peak oil, and therefore we need to find something else to prop up our economy. They're all doing crypto now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you think that fucking Neom isn't gonna have a crypto intentional community? Exxon Mobil actually Sick. is getting into Bitcoin mining. I just found that out the other day. Oh, yes. Cool. Very, How can we destroy the environment in a new and different way? Very much like cigarette companies getting into vaping. I do love how it's love uh, of the game at this. Point. I love how crypto and Web three is going to remove all the power from the big powerful companies with Exxon Mobil mining Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> and also, they say like uh, the closest comparison is discovery of oil in the Middle East. But again. Does he? Th what did the discovery of oil in the Middle East do for the Made global economy? Made everything way better. What, what, did it, what did it do? It turned Britain into a, a fucking gun store for the Saudi government. Um, it it created. I won't go too much into this. I think I've talked about it before. It created the phenomenon of petrodollar recycling, which basically is why so many states in sub-Saharan Africa have like it, interest payments on their debt that is like I don't know bigger than the GDP. One another's GDP. Like that's what it did. It's, it's just it, not ask what it did. It was just big. All he just sees a big number. It's good. It'll be good. It'll be good. God, I oh I hate the New York Times so much. Um, crypto's madcap meme yeah, crazed you, online you, culture. You thought this would fucking get uh, would get Milo, but now it's your relaxation vein that's gone. Uh, well, I thought that I thought that the uh... no, actually, I can see it is his Henning veins that has popped up. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Riley's very annoyed. <laughs> see, crypto's madcap meme crazed online culture can make it seem frivolous and shallow, but it's not. So, oh, okay. Thanks, oh, Kevin. that's that's a relief. Cleared that one up. It's not. It's not. You have once again fallen for my Kevin Ruse. Yes, uh, it's actually all fine. <laughs> Let's see you come up with that kind of joke, Jathan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I love you. Yeah, though, Cryptocurrencies, hi. even hi, jokey ones, are part of a robust, well-funded ideological... How's it well-funded? Why is it well-funded? Again, where's mm, funding coming from? No link, no citation, just Don't statements. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, much like much like the discovery of oil in the Middle East, a lot of it's funded by oil from the Middle East. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a well-funded ideological movement that has serious implications for our political and economic future. Bitcoin, which emerged out of the ashes of the 2008 financial crisis, again, I think a really interesting article would say, and also is sowing the seeds of the 2028 financial crisis. <laughs> First caught on among libertarians and anti-establishment activists. you think you're going to make it to 2028? Yeah. 
I'm it, it first caught on amongst people who wanted to buy drugs, child pornography, and hitmen. Yeah, it was created. That's primarily, it was created by the libertarians and the anti-establishment activists. It was the, mm. it was the, yeah, the early uh, adopters who were the the Silk Road guys. <laughs> The amount of stoners who will never recover from the fact that they had like four Bitcoin in a wallet somewhere in 2009 and then they got so stoned and lost the hard drive that's now worth like whatever, $200,000. There's, there's still a guy four, like, is, is going four, through. I think four Bitcoins got to be worth a lot more than that now. Yeah, it's worth like $200,000 $200, or that's so. That's what I yeah. said. Yeah. But uh, yeah. It, there is one guy in Wales who's just mournfully going through. Um, oh, yeah, he's trying uh, to get the yards. council. He's, he'd offer yeah, the council yeah. half of the money if they help him find it. Yeah, <laughs> and no, in the it's... funniest British local council move, they were just like, "No, <laughs> we need money." But no, I've lost my die coin. Can anybody <laughs> so, please help me find it? So, uh, but the other thing, right, is it's turning back to Molly as well. Like, for as much as it talks about like a a um a kind of intentional community of mutual respect and freedom or whatever, like unsurprisingly, it's also it's it's always been ridiculously right wing, right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean the whole thing huh. came out of the idea that like the central bank is causing inflation to hurt your wallet, you know. It's it's got some really sort of right wing conspiracist origins that are sort of weirdly downplayed this uh, you know, these these days. Uh mm-hmm. and, and and to give it legitimacy as well, right? He says and now it's starting to get political. Not that it was ever political before. Right, oh, it's God, now no. starting to get political because we're seeing a swell of crypto money headed towards the U.S. political system. And again, mm. it's not like fucking Herbalife ever spends millions of dollars on on uh, lobbying yeah, either. Lobbying is no, only that means good. it's legitimate. Yes. Yeah, mm. that's right. <laughs> uh, like what I'm saying, I guess, is that despite the go- such fucking what a crack piece of writing. What I'm saying, I guess, in an op-ed, fuck off, <laughs> is that despite the goofy veneer, crypto is not just another weird internet phenomenon. It's an organized technological movement. It's much movement. worse. <laughs> That's mm. right. It, it's armed with powerful tools and hordes of wealthy true believers who yes. hold nothing less. It's, it's armed with wealthy true believers who have hordes of powerful tools. Gotcha. It is so awesome just listing things about it which make it bad and then going, which is good, I presume. Yeah. It says, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's just all, all he's saying ta- over and over and over again is people have made lots of money from this. It's and all I different could be facets. one of them, and I could be one of them if I was only allowed to hold crypto. <laughs> Someone did Jonah's speculate that this fourteen thousand word article in the New York Times was all part of Kevin's campaign to get the New York Times to allow him to hold crypto, which you know points to him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at that point, you just make more money going and doing comms for like a Web three company, right? Oh yeah. Like, why stay working in New York Times yeah. if you want to be crypto rich? You could just I go do it. I love how much of an axe to grind all of the New York Times worst employees always have. Like when Barry Weiss was still working there and like half of her output was about how people in the internal slack were being mean about her shitty columns. It's a great place to work for like blowhards and I respect that a great they deal. They took Barry Weiss to clout court. Yeah. <laughs> The second reason to pay attention to crypto is that understanding it now is the best way to ensure it doesn't become a destructive force later. It's so this already is like, a destructive force. It, yeah, and when he says understanding it, I think he means taking it seriously as a legitimate it, yes. thing. That, yeah. yeah, buying it. Buying it from me, Kevin Roos. <laughs> have you checked out this Nug coin that I have <laughs> to sell? Roos coin. Yeah. Oh, I, don't know, I don't want to buy Roos coin. In the early every, 2010s, every time anyone in the in New York Times internal Slack posts the axe emoji, uh, yeah, that goes up. Uh, 
Roost Token Info, the BitTimes.com. Excuse me? Well, I'm, I'm looking. Roost Token. Oh. Uh, the contract? Uh, the Roost price? It's, ba- it's based on the number of times you see Roost Bolton on... Um, uh, it's uh, a decentralized financial payment funds. network that rebuilds the traditional payment stack on the blockchain. It utilizes a basket of fiat peg stable coins, algorithmically stabilized by its reserve oh, currency, Roost Coin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Th- this just is also die. my advice, yeah. Um, the idea of a fiat-backed stablecoin is a stablecoin that's worth exactly one fiat. Yes. You have to have all the fiats in a vault We were somewhere. actually talking about the- a no-coiner conference and how we should get the fiat uh, organization to uh, sponsor it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would Isn't be that nice. just the meeting of, like, the Fed? <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> that's just the Monetary Policy Committee. Yeah, they do it on that test track on top of the Fiat uh, headquarters in Turin. <laughs> in the early 2010s, the most common knock on social media apps like Facebook and Twitter was that they just wouldn't work as businesses. Pundits predicted that users would eventually tire of friends' vacation photos. They still photos. don't. They still don't. They're just <laughs> yeah. like beloved by d- d- data thieves and cranks. And uh, like, yeah, they didn't work as businesses because because money was free and they kept getting investment. They didn't have to make a profit. Learn anything. Uh, Also, it's like, wait, even beyond that, right? When he's saying, well, we didn't understand social media enough. And therefore, we have like, I don't know, trolling and Russians and... Uh, and, oh, we have like, yeah, there was a Facebook group called Blacks for Trump that <laughs> Russians didn't yeah. exist before social media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> inv- Russians were born out of the game Counter-Strike. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know what I mean, right? Like the the idea they climbed that climbed out of a primordial <laughs> chicken soup. You have to engage with it positively, or else it'll go the way of social media and have like alleged destructive consequences for like political or economic life. And just as he was saying this, Suka Bitcoin emerged. <laughs> uh, so, are we making the same mistake with crypto today? It's possible. No one knows yet whether crypto will or won't work in the grandest sense. Ah, uh, no, that's that's some fine hedging. Normally on this show, what we do is to, to say that prediction is a mugs game when we're about to say something that might be wrong. But this guy, he's that's why he's in the New York Times and we have a podcast. Yeah, he absolutely that's is right. just just stroking your chin and high mindedly being like, hmm, I wonder if this this thing that exists mostly to perpetuate itself will achieve any of its missions that involve transforming society outside of the on chain world. Ah, like, one can only speculate. Good. It could be bad. If only there was an entire uh, m- group of people speaking about the likelihood that it does mm. that. Yeah. Drunk driving, it has been oh, said, well. may kill thousands of Americans every year, <laughs> but it also, and I can't stress this enough. So it says, if you look past the carnival barkers and the convoluted jargon, you'll find a bottomless well of weird, interesting, and thought-provoking projects. You sure will. I talk mm. about them on here. You the talk about them well, on which, Into which cash is being fired. Mm. <laughs> it says, and if you learn the crypto basics, you'll find a whole world opens up to you. You'll understand why Jimmy Fallon yeah, and Steph Curry are changing their Twitter avatars to cartoon apes. Yeah, they're because they're being no, they were paid, paid to, do, to it. do it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love. I love the the sentence. If you learn to do some crypto basics, you might find that a whole world opens up to you. In his neutral explainer of cryptocurrencies, which takes no sides. Yeah, you you could start doing research chemicals for fun. Um, yeah. Any number of these things. You can start drinking from a bottle of poppers, and that yeah. is investment advice. He says, what are the actual uses of crypto beyond financial speculation? 
And boy, does he not have many uh, in a 14,000 word article. Hiring hitmen, buying drugs, buying child pornography. Well, the problem is, it's uh, also that's the not- world that opens up to you, I guess. Alice, the other thing is, it's no longer that anonymous. You can't do that stuff with it anymore, really, except maybe with Monero. Oh, you can't uh, use- what's even that's the actually- point? <laughs> that's actually an improvement then we've managed to we, we have learned something we've made cryptocurrency a, a worse place to do all of these things crypto bros have d- destroyed the hard-working pedophiles and the businesses <laughs> they've built over the years the, the trad pedophile who's like oh you know we had a golden age there but then these fucking libertarians ruined it Pedophile being interviewed like a, like a Welsh miner going like you know we had we had a good business here until these big companies steamed in. <laughs> so, Exxon Mobil has been terrible apes. has been terrible for the pedophilia business. So, <laughs> say, right. right now, many of the successful applications for crypto technology are in finance or finance adjacent fields. Yeah. But again, they're not really. No one's actually transacting in any meaningful way except like. One a blockchain that has a token that helps provide liquidity to other blockchains that all help provide liquidity to other blockchains. No one's actually using it. Yeah, I feel like you could have well, defined th- successful there. Like, I don't, I don't think it's accurate to say that they're successful businesses, but they have been very successful in attracting VC funding. So they don't provide anything of value or any service of value particularly, but they have gotten a lot of money in his defense. <laughs> It's actually it's it actually also, so so inefficient at transacting that as we saw in our very first segment, if you want to transact a lot, then you have to create your own little end run around that and then watch as that gets hacked. Transacting is about the grind. How much have you transacted? I, I, fi- today? I find transacting is mostly about pitching the voice slightly up and well anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. These <laughs> do I transact like an AGP? <laughs> non-financial I told you uses. Last time, yes. <laughs> these non-financial uses are still fairly limited. Um, but crypto fans often make the case that the technology is still young. But again, Molly, is the technology still young, despite the fact that most people believe it is? Absolutely not. In fact, the whole article is titled The Latecomer's Guide to Crypto. So it's really weird that he says several times in here that it's still the early days of crypto. But I've made the argument repeatedly that it's not the early days. Bitcoin was invented in like 2008 or 2009, which in technology years is like a hundred years ago. You know, we've had a lot of technological progress since then, but blockchains have yet to find a particularly valid use case aside from, again, ransomware, buying drugs on the Silk we've Road. Had six Fast and Furious movies since yes, then. Yes, progress, I'm telling you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still haven't been able to find a niche for them either. Paul Walker coin. Here are some (laughs) of the non-financial uses he does come up with, which is really funny. Um, Storing medical records. Terrible idea! It's like he found the worst possible examples. (laughs) All of my doctor's uh, fucking distributed ledgers to agree. Yeah, but also Mm. it's like... It's pretty public. Like you can scrape that stuff so easily. Yeah, not to so mention that these say, yeah. these companies and organizations seem to get hacked, you know, every hour practically. So I'm I'm not sure also, you know, mm. that I wouldn't say the hospital industry is particularly um quick to adopt new technologies, so it's a little bit bizarre that those are being <laughs> sort of uh, carted out as the the go-to example. And, and because it's pseudonymized, it's like all of my medical records are public, but then at the top, it's my, it's, a, it's a pseudonym. So it's like, well, these are the medical records of Riley Q, or if that's too obvious, Arquin. Mm. Um, <laughs> so medical records. Arquinny. Tra- tracking streaming music rights. 
What? Also terrible. Every artist who gets involved, it's just used to defraud actual artists by people who are like defrauding them. The, I mean, artists do love to be defrauded. The, I'll say that. The use case of DRM, but worse, has been so common in uh, these Web3 projects for books and music. And it's like everyone wants to do DRM all over again. Well, it's because they can't, th- they just look at whatever's around them and they just think, could I crowbar this onto a blockchain? It's like, oh, what do I do? I stream music. Uh, can I put that on a blockchain? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, DRM, sure, for that real money. <laughs> that's right. I go on social media. So they're like, oh, what? I could, I could host a social media platform where you could never delete anything. Ever. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. We love imagine, that. Imagine if you could never delete a post on social media or if someone yeah, else I posts do. about it's you. It's called the International Space Station tweet. <laughs> <laughs> or if someone else they post about you, you can't like get it taken down if they post your personal information. Can't, nope, that's on there forever all, now. All you can do is just click on a button that makes it more and more deep fried. Yeah, yeah, like, like as you said, El, who made it's it's proposes to make the entire internet into kiwi farms. Uh, and, and again, again like, you can kind of get a sense of the sort of like background and animating impulses of a lot of the guys behind crypto stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's this sort of overwhelming uh, sort of uh, belief, it seems like, that any form of moderation is bad. When, in fact, I would say that probably the majority of actions taken by social media moderators are actually probably pretty good. You know, like most people wouldn't dispute the people who are taking down, you know, child pornography or, you know, doxing material. That that doesn't tend to bring up a big argument. All of the fucking, like, poor Facebook moderators who were traumatizing with, like, endless gore videos because yeah, exactly. they have to watch, like, Beheadings uh, you and know, some like Mexican that. cartel behead somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so just, he comes up with what must be, like, the worst imaginable use cases in a world of no good use cases. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going to come to the end here. But he says, okay, so at the end of it all, is it a pyramid scheme or a casino? Um, and he says, he interviews the one, one of the small number of people he actually quotes in this going, article. Going to the Luxor in Las Vegas. Is this a pyramid scheme or a casino? <laughs> Thank you very much, Alice. I really enjoyed that. No worries. Uh, Matt Huang, a prominent investor, spoke for many crypto fans and he tweeted, Crypto may look like a speculative casino from the outside, but that distracts from the deeper truth. From the inside, you can see it, it's four triangular walls slotting to one central point. Slotting? <laughs> slotting? Is that some sort of extra, extra yeah, fancy it's, British it's word? It's Swedish for slanting. <laughs> the casino is a Trojan horse with a new financial system hidden inside. Thank you so many metaphors here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a casino with a Trojan horse inside. <laughs> Look, you're waiting to be let the, the, the Trojan horse is full of Greek eggs. My Trojan War themed casino. Ella, Ella, I'm a fucking monkey, eh? I'm going to go inside the Troy into the casino. I'm going to throw a plate. <laughs> yeah, the early Greek Air Force. Yeah, that's right. Before they had planes. Yeah, the Greek army. Using a hot plate, using a big plate as a shield. <laughs> you, I love that. It's just like you could. It's a, 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 tr- a casino is a Trojan horse with a new financial system. These are so a all new good financial things. system. <laughs> a, a new financial system that, again, we've argued isn't actually that new. It's just they were like, wait a minute. They regulated all the stuff you can do with money, or at least they regulated a bunch of it. Someone else already did supply chain financing. What if we invent <laughs> money too? What if we did money too? And then, you know, we could put the money too into a casino and put the casino in a Trojan horse and send that into Troy, which I guess is the world. And famously, after the Trojan horse got into Troy, it, it did good. great for it Troy. Was good, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, because then they had a big horse that had a casino inside. <laughs> With all these Greek, cool. Greek apes. That was... That was a weird peculiarity of uh, Troy law was that you could only illegally could only have a casino if it was inside a horse. So this says you could argue at that position or dispute how much this new financial system is actually worth. And I will. But crypto investors and me by implication clearly believe it's worth something. What? What yeah, specifically? It's, it's like with that expression. It's like that expression where there's smoke, there's probably good things. Go check it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go, go sprint at it as fast as you can. And you know what? Start taking your money gun and firing your money over at the, the source of whatever yeah. the smoke is. Yeah, yeah. We need suppressing money. <laughs> <laughs> Pour it on them. Danger close. Danger yeah. close. I need a rack. Um, <laughs> Partly that's because it's totally unregulated, but that's only because it's still early and making new rules takes it's time. It's not early. It's not what? early. And it keeps getting more and more regulated as all of these guys figure out why regulations exist in the first place when they're on the wrong side of something. Uh, so, okay, here, here's the conclusion. It's fun to laugh at the often cringeworthy ways crypto fans try to entertain and inspire each other. Again, how come in a financial system of, of sort of legitimate investments, you constantly have to entertain and inspire each other? That seems like a question worth asking. It does not get asked in this article. Mm-hmm. Hey, Riley, this is men supporting men, okay? This is real. This is get, get taking the toxic toxicity out of masculinity. By focusing too much on their behavior and customs might mean missing what's genuinely novel. And depending on where you sit, either exciting or dangerous, about the technology itself. Very little. It's like being in Blofeld's ballroom, <laughs> depending on where you sit. It's either exciting or dangerous. <laughs> Which is yeah. why. And, and yeah. we, that's why we're inviting you as a society to touch your hand to this metal plate. Mm. Yeah. Just sit down in this chair that is uh, above this slowly closing trap door. That's right. not going to open again. Are those sharks under there? Don't worry about it. Uh, which is why when I ask my friends, to, uh, which is why when my friends ask me how to talk to their crypto-pilled relatives, shut the fuck up, crypto-pilled. I advise them to start by trying to understand what's gotten them so excited in the first place. I'm ape mode, <laughs> crypto-pilled. Right. So uh, at the very end of this, right, it is yet another uh, crypto journalist who's unable to talk about the um, how this is fucking stupid. And I mean, I just want to bring it back to the realm of ordinary people, right? Like, what's in this for ordinary people? Do you think? Um, I mean, that's one of my biggest concerns. That's why I've gotten into writing about crypto and talking about crypto in the past, you know, half a year or whatever, is that uh, it seems like more and more these projects are trying to appeal to ordinary people and outlets like the New York Times are, are helping them enormously by publishing these entire enormous articles about, uh, you know, pretending to be very unbiased while basically selling you crypto. Um, you know, I didn't really have any issues with crypto back in, you know, 2010 or whatever, when people were just, you know, using it to, uh, you know, transact to buy child pornography, <laughs> as was their right. <laughs> uh, back when it had soul. <laughs> so please go ahead. Back when it was sort of like the niche investors who were trying to trying to mine it, you know, and again, in like the ICO boom, I didn't have too much of an issue with it either because it was all just sort of it was or at least it was primarily just risky investments that were happening by people who sort of knew the risks that they were taking. But now that it's being sort of bundled up and repackaged as a way that you can, you know, invest your retirement savings or, uh, you know, maybe your grandma should get into it with her pension, you know, or, or 
all of these different things, you know, even children should be getting into this with these NFT games. That's where I get really, really concerned. Um, and so, you know, this this sort of presenting of this article towards the, the average person, the person who's reading the print version of the New York Times with their coffee uh, really concerns me. Oh, no, my retirement apes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, the, you know, because that's the thing, right? It's it tends to be, you know, ordinary people who end up holding the bag because they keep getting promised at every turn by supposedly neutral authorities, by by hucksters selling the latest cure, even in ways that they didn't know about by, say, getting involved with a bank that's getting involved with one of these blockchains. Hmm. Right. They're exposing themselves to possibly having a uh, having a worse life than they could otherwise have had uh, to enrich, you know, one of you know four guys who it turns out is just you know the same guy behind the same rug <laughs> with a different ape picture yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. yep four guys who's one guy with four different ape pictures so you know i mean as much as it's silly it's something that is um i think a, a very a real a real danger uh, to people we actually you know care about yeah uh, as opposed to just crypto investors yeah it's sort of i feel like i've noticed a big shift almost in the past couple of months that i've been doing my web3 is going great project where it was funnier at the beginning, you know, like when people would buy a dumb JPEG with way more money than they should be throwing into something like that. And then it would get hacked and then they would say things like all my apes gone. And, you know, it's it's kind of easy to laugh at those situations where it's people who made dumb investment decisions with like more money than they knew what to do with. Um, but I feel like recently I've been seeing more and more examples of people who an exchange is hacked or or a DeFi protocol is hacked. And they say things like, that was my life savings. Or recently there was one where someone had not only put in their life savings, but they'd taken out a loan from a family member and put it in there. And they were basically begging to get that back because it was going to ruin them. And like, that stops being funny. You know, that's that's hard to laugh at, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's just another one of these, another example of one of these, you know, they come. Like, um, very exciting, fun, boosted tech developments. That's just you know the same, the same shitty wine in uh, in new bottles. Yeah, that, well, uh, that it's um it's going from affecting nerds to real people, and that's the real tragedy. And as a nerd, <laughs> I'm only okay when it is nerds who are being impacted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like nerd on nerd. That's like blue on blue. Uh, once it starts affecting civilians, that's that's you know really dangerous. So. I just want to say, uh, Molly, it's been a real blast having you on the show today. Thank you very much for coming on. And I recommend uh, everyone checks out Web3 is going just great, which we will, of course, link in the description. Thanks so much for having a me. Non-sarcastic website. <laughs> yes, a very, yeah. very uh, earnest title. Mm, absolutely. Well, uh, with that being said, uh, don't forget, we have a Patreon. It yeah. is $5 a month. You can subscribe to it and get a second episode every month. Milo, you look like you have something to say. Oh, I, yeah, thank you, Riley. I have plugs, 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 plugs. The 12th of April, Smoke Comedy, that's in London. You can come to that. Uh, there's also the 1st of May. I'm filming my show, Pindos, which some of you may have seen. Uh, it's the show from 2019. It's a good show. I'm filming it. Uh, it's a big venue. I'm not going to lie. It's a bigger venue than I was looking for I please come <laughs> it's in london it's in sunday afternoon what else are you gonna do 17th of april i'm in brighton my favorite city in the uk and i'm saying that because i want to um you can get tickets to that there's a link to my website in the description which has all of the dates on it and you can are, just are you doing anything you with your friends in april 
Maybe oh some yeah, kind of we've got the Trashy July show, which is almost sold out. So what? yeah, bruv. So oh, okay. do get fucking get your tickets to that, or maybe don't. And also, I can trail this on the third of on the third of May. There is going to be uh, a Britonology live show. Uh, it's very limited tickets, and it's also going to feature Johannes Vonk and the Clogheads. Yeah, it's going to be one so, ticket. I'm going to be the one with the ticket. Yeah, Riley's going to be there. Um, that that's the tickets for that are on the Trash Future website. But you're going to want to. God, we we used to do long plugs, then we didn't do very many plugs. Now we're doing long plugs again. We gotta mm. we gotta let all these people go. Uh, so once again, Molly, thank you for hanging out. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the Patreon and check out Web3 is going just great. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.